Ready to connect with the investment community here in Cleveland? Want to learn about the people, events, projects, and firms that are making a difference? Want all that but feel like you don't have the time? This is the show for you. Welcome to Guardians of Finance. Brought to you by the CFA Society of Cleveland and hosted by Matt McLaughlin, Portfolio Specialist at Diamond Hill Capital Management, Guardians of Finance will provide you with a chance to foster deeper connections and know what is getting the attention of Cleveland's investment community. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and head to guardiansoffinance.com where you can connect or reconnect with the CFA Society of Cleveland and attend an educational or social event and find volunteer opportunities. And now, here's your host, Matt McLaughlin. Welcome to the Guardians of Finance podcast. I am your host, Matt McLaughlin. This is the second episode in a series where we talk with the leadership of CFA Cleveland. We talk today with Sam Wass, Career Services Chair, and Colby Cray, Membership Chair. In their professional life outside of CFA Cleveland, Sam is an investment analyst at RIK Enterprises, and Colby is an institutional investment advisor with PNC Institutional Asset Management. We talk with Sam and Colby about their backgrounds and current responsibilities for CFA Cleveland and also stumble upon an interesting parallel in their backgrounds that the listeners should reach out and thank them for. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode with Sam Wass and Colby Craig. Colby, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, glad to be here. Sure. Softball question to start off. Is this your guys' first podcast that you've ever recorded? Yeah, this is my first podcast. To be honest, Matt, I never thought I'd be on one. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad the Guardians of Finance can be your first one. Maybe just as a jumping off point, maybe each of you can kind of introduce yourself to the audience, your name, your role, and then maybe just go through a quick professional background about yourself and what your current role is outside of the volunteer role you have for the CFA Society of Cleveland. Yeah, I can take that first. So this is Sam Wass. I'm the career services lead on the CFA Society Cleveland board this year. Professionally, I work for RIK Enterprises. It's a single family office based in Beachwood. I help oversee, I guess you could call it a portfolio of alternative investments. So we invest directly into companies, acquire real estate assets, diversified across life cycle, geography, business thesis, where the connective tissue is just finding opportunities where we can generate appealing risk-adjusted returns and work with partners that are great people. I've been in this role for about three years. And then prior to that, I kind of have a twisty, turny career background. So out of college, I spent a couple of years in equity research at Goldman Sachs. After that, I transitioned into the army and spent four years as an active duty military intelligence officer. And then somehow I found my way here to Cleveland. Colby, over to you. Similar lineage and what you do now and your role with the CFA Society as well. Sam, how did I never know you were in the military? <laughs> I had no idea. No, I, I think my story starts. I did a six-year stint in the Army Reserves prior to finishing college, finished out my undergraduate studies at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and then jumped into the financial services industry, starting with PNC Wealth Management at the time, now the private bank. And then a week after COVID hit, my now boss, Steve Strayer, ended up knocking on my door. So I joined the institutional group of PNC shortly after the start of COVID. So that's where we've been ever since. This is my first year on the CFA Society's board and in the membership chair position. So 
it's been a great experience so far. Looking forward to what's more to come. Sure. I don't think I realized when I scheduled this that both of you had a military background. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful coincidence for this episode. Sure. Who was higher ranked? What was your guys' end ranking there? Who should be saluting who? Yes. Yeah, so when I got out, I was a captain, which isn't saying much. Pretty much anyone who stays in long enough. Will <laughs> I was always on the enlisted side. I didn't go to the officer route. So I'd be the one saluting Sam here. Gotcha. Oh, so Colby, you're the one doing all the work and Sam's the one in the nice bunks and has the cushy life. Got it. Okay. No, only joking <laughs> with that, but that's so interesting. Any good military stories that you guys could share? Maybe your best one, obviously PG for the podcast, but anyone you want to share? Yeah, no, I'd say it's an amazing experience. Probably one of the things that stuck out for me is just given that we're a volunteer force, you kind of see the entire spectrum of like the American population. So you see America's best, America's worst, just different backgrounds. And so it's just an, an amazing place for like everyone to come together and serve a uh, common purpose. I couldn't agree more, Sam. My favorite memories, I was always stateside. I never got deployed or anything like that. But I've made so many great friends from all over the world, some from Saudi Arabia who are coming over to try to become a citizen, others from Jamaica, and then so many from the States, but just a great opportunity. And I mean, it's very similar to the CFA Society Cleveland, right? You get to meet so many people from all throughout the world. So it was a great opportunity. Sure. Well, both of you, thanks for your service. And this episode actually might come out close to Veterans Day. So this is the Veterans Day podcast for CFA Cleveland, unintentionally. So Colby, you mentioned that this is your first year on the board in the membership chair role. Maybe talk a little about a couple of your initiatives that you're focusing on over the next year for membership and maybe some of your goals that you have in mind for that part of the society. Yeah, happy to. Matt, I don't think I mentioned it, but the way I got involved when I joined the institutional group at PNC, our now board president, John Dominey, was our business development officer. So at the time, I was a certified financial planner. I knew about the CFA, but I didn't know nearly as much as I do now about it. And at the time, no one was in the office. And it got to the point where, you know, John has a couple of young daughters and a son. And he said, you know, what, come into the office. So I didn't have the opportunity to meet anyone for almost nine months during COVID. So I came to the office and at the time, the society was still putting on lunches and everything. So started getting involved that way. But John, knowing me, he said, I want to set a couple goals for you. What do you want to do with this? So we set a goal of essentially trying to grow our membership by almost 10% on annual basis. So that's where a lot of my focus is right now, primarily targeting younger individuals. It blows my mind when I go to these events and I just don't see young professionals just knocking down the door. The experience that you get and the individuals who you just get to know through networking at any of the society's events, whether it's one of the luncheons or the happy hours, it's incredible. And a lot of the times, these are the individuals who are hiring for the positions. So a lot of our focus right now, at least for myself, in this fiscal year is trying to grow that membership number specifically through the young professionals. Sure. And Colby, I forgot to mention that you are, I think, the leader of the young professional part of the society, not an official board chair, but maybe just for someone who maybe hasn't seen any of those events come out, like what you guys have going on right now or upcoming that if you are a young professional that you can get involved with? Matt, that's a great question. A lot of the times we're just doing happy hours. John, I think, talked previously on the podcast that you and he did with Cindy what does value add look like to members of the CFA society? And depending on kind of your career stage, it can mean so many different things. But at least what we've heard from the young professionals is that they like to get together at networking events. They like to get to know each other. They want to know other individuals within the industry. So 
what Cindy and I are doing right now, about two times a year, we're doing these networking events. We're having the happy hours. So would love to have anyone and anyone who hears this come out, get to know some of the board members. And a lot of the times it is meant for young professionals, but you do get a lot of these board members for the society who are coming out, showing their presence and the support for the young professionals. So uh, happy to have anyone who's interested. You don't have to be a CFA charter holder to attend a CFA event. Is that correct? No, that's correct. I actually don't even have the charter myself yet. So I passed level one and I'm working towards passing level two right now. So you do not need to have your charter by any means. We are all inclusive. We'd love to have anyone come out, whether you're studying or you don't even have to be trying to obtain it. As long as you want to be connected, we're more than happy to have anyone come out. That's great. Maybe Sam, same question over to you. You're in your role as career services. I think you started off in membership last year. What are your current initiatives for career services? And maybe how did you first get involved in the society and kind of your progression through the society so far? So this is my second year serving on our volunteer board. As you mentioned last year, I was in Colby's position, the membership chair. And again, one of the things that John mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago with Cindy was this survey that we did last year. And I love John's point that the results were clear as mud, where pretty much it kind of highlighted the point that we're a very diverse membership base, like 500 individuals with different career backgrounds, different stages of the career, and a lot of different perspectives on what folks are trying to get out of the society. And so I think we're just kind of trying to figure out how to increase member engagement and have at least one program or initiative that appeals to some group of our membership base. And with that in mind, kind of the program that I'm focused on building out this year is a mentorship program, which a lot of other societies seem to have mentorship programs and it seems to work pretty well. But I think it's going to be a great opportunity to connect and engage with existing members in a way that we haven't done before. So kind of linking the folks later in their careers with tons of knowledge that they can help transfer. It's kind of the earlier stage career members. So that's something that I'm working to get off the ground, hopefully for a launch in early 2024. But if there's anyone who's listening and that really speaks to you, please feel free to reach out if you want to get involved earlier. Sure. Yeah, maybe on that point, from a mentee perspective or someone who's a prospective mentor, what are you looking for? I don't know, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but what's the ideal person for each of those roles or maybe their interests? Yeah, maybe just go with that. Like, What kind of people are you targeting for that? And maybe what each of them can expect as well if they volunteer, if you have those details right now. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, the only true criteria would be you're interested in participating in a mentor program, because ultimately this will kind of be helping like pair individuals to kind of build relationships with one another where we can, as a society, kind of set a baseline, but it'll kind of be up to the individuals to get the value out of the program that they put in. But for kind of an ideal mentor, it could be anyone from 10 years of experience to 20, 30 years of experience. And looking for a way to kind of pass knowledge on to the next generation of finance professionals in Cleveland. Then on the ideal mentee profile would be, yeah, someone on the younger side, maybe pursuing the CFA charter, maybe a couple of years out of college, maybe even up to 10 years out of college and kind of looking for help with figuring out kind of a transition path or the next step in their career. So I think it really can be like anyone, anyone based off of their career background would be a good fit for the program. You guys both are relatively new to the board, Sam being his second year, Colby in his first year. What was the biggest surprise for you when you joined the board? Yeah, I'd say if anything, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but I've loved to now learn, have learned that CFA Society Cleveland sort of punches above its weight 
in terms of Cleveland being a smaller city in the United States, not necessarily known for being a financial center. Well, I guess it's kind of silly to have kept Cleveland a financial center in the same sentence, but just knowing that our society uses a model at the national level for how a kind of a smaller city society can be run. And that's just been a great lesson that I've learned or surprise that I've learned from participating on the board. Sure. Colby, how about you? No, I second everything Sam said, but what really sticks out to me is the engagement. I mean, everyone who sits on the board wants to see the CFA Society Cleveland grow. They want us to be engaged. It's just been an amazing opportunity, but the engagement, I've never seen anything like it. Everyone truly is pitching in and the attendance that we get at each and every board meeting. It's rare that anyone misses a single one. And maybe just for anyone out there who has considered or is considering being a board member, what was your biggest reservations before joining the board? And how did you come up with that reservation? And what's it kind of been like since you actually joined the board? Yeah, I can share my path to joining the board. So I received my charter in 2019. Kind of an unfortunate time to then start becoming involved with the local societies because it was at the beginning of the pandemic. But I think kind of my first opportunity to get more involved with the society might have been in 2021 when I volunteered to be a judge for the research challenge, which is like a very fun experience for me and just really enjoy interacting with the college students, putting together their investment pitches for the event. And then from there, I kind of realized that just even volunteering for that was kind of a stepping stone for greater involvement with the society. And from there, I just kind of interact more and more with Cindy and start to learn more and more about what the society is doing. And I've just kind of gotten pulled into more initiatives since then. So I'd say kind of the lesson is just for anyone who's interested in getting more involved with the society, find something that you like and it could just kind of transform to something bigger over time. Yeah, Matt, I don't think I had any reservations. Once I got involved, at least from a young professional standpoint, this provided individuals with access to extremely bright individuals who are in the investing world and financial services in general. So I was looking forward to it. I didn't know what to expect. So I started, like you said, being on the Young Professional Committee, not an official position, but getting to know these individuals throughout the industry is just, it's provided such a great opportunity that I wouldn't have had anywhere else. So just getting the networking opportunity throughout this. I had no reservations, so it was all upside to me. And I got to say, it's lived up to it. To Sam's point too, I think someone from the outside is maybe thinking about it. I think our society, as Sam said, kind of punches above its weight. And there's just so many ways to get involved that really all we ask of someone who wants to get involved is just enthusiasm for whatever it is, whether it's a research challenge or, or membership or program or whatever it may be. There's likely a place for you if you have that enthusiasm and want to get involved. So appreciate you guys' perspectives on that. Yeah, it's very much a grassroots endeavor where it is what we make of it. So for both of you, actually, Matt and Cole, you have initiatives that you kind of built from the bottoms up, but the podcast, an amazing thing that's come out this year and the early career in the Young Professionals Committee. The best thing about the society and one of the biggest challenges is that there's not a ton of structure, which some people, it can be intimidating at first. But when you realize that if you have enthusiasm, have an idea, the society really gives you kind of a leeway to say, hey, go ahead and run with that. You have enthusiasm, you want to put together like go for it. And I think those are the kind of people that enjoy the board is people that have that initiative and want to kind of just get stuff done, whatever that stuff is. We're really open to that. So I think that's a big benefit. Maybe just switching gears here, we can turn to our somewhat famous lightning round questions. Hopefully you guys didn't prep too much for these. I know you've both listened to episodes, but are you guys ready for the kind of the lightning round, a little more lighthearted kind of questions? Let's do it. All right. Any nickname for the two of you? 
I get cheese all the time. Cheese? Where does that come from? Colby Jack cheese. So cheese is the one for me. Sam, what do you got? Yeah, no real nicknames that have stuck, which is kind of going back to like my time serving in the army. One of the the kind of things there is that each officer position has a call sign. And so one of my favorite call signs that I had was long knife two. Long knife two. Deadly. <laughs> it's a whole lot better than cheese, Sam. <laughs> I said go together, but I cut the cheese. <laughs> uh, that's great. What's the favorite hobby for each of you? I'm very boring I'm in my mid 30s and I have a four year old daughter and a two year old son. So, not too much time for hobbies, but I do very much enjoy practicing yoga. Sam, I recently took up yoga. I like doing hot yoga. I mean, that's a heck of a workout, but I, anything that gets me outside, I like to go hunting, fishing. Love golf, although I'm not the best golfer in the world, but just being outside is great. Favorite recipe to cook? Actually, I barely cook at all. So that, yeah, that's a bad one for me. Although last week, my office had a first chili cook-off competition. I did not feel qualified to participate in that part of it, but I cooked some pretty tasty jalapeno cornbread. So that might be now my my new go-to recipe. Cooking's not my go-to. I can do breakfast and anything on the grill, but that's about where it ends. <laughs> right. Favorite book about investing or finance? Ooh, favorite. That's a really hard one. I'd have to say that the book that I refer to most frequently would have to be just The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. I feel like every time I reread it, I learn something new. I've always been a fan of the capital allocators, Matt. Both good ones. What's your bucket list travel destination? Matt, that's a good one. <laughs> There's too many. Pla- I've never been outside of the States, so... Got to pick one. Matt, you're going to have to edit this a little bit. My wife and I love going to Southeast Asia, but it's been a couple of years and it doesn't seem like a fun place to travel with kids. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we can take another trip to Thailand or Indonesia. All right, Colby, what's your one? I'll go with Greece. Greece. That's a good one. I have been there. And so if you ever want an itinerary, I got you on that one. Perfect. Any hidden talents? Yes, I have a worthless hidden talent where... I have like a photographic memory for movies. So any movie I've seen, if someone shows me like a few frames, it could be even like an obscure scene that like has nothing to do with kind of the core of the movie story, but I can then call it out near instantaneously for the most part. That's a great one. I'm a pool player, Matt. Pool is my go-to. Pool or billiards. Nice. Usually that question, the hidden tally, at least in the episodes we've recorded. So that's the most bare because we tend to be boring finance people, but you guys got some good ones. (laughs) Uh, favorite lunch spot in Cleveland? Ooh, in Cleveland, Matt, we went to the corner alley the other day. That's a frequent, especially the PNC Tower downtown. That's only a couple blocks away. So I'm frequent to that at least a couple times a month. Yeah, and I'll sound now like a broken record for the listeners that tuned into your podcast with Cindy and John. I also live in Shaker Heights and am walkable to Van Aken. So that is my go-to lunch spot. I'd say specifically Brassica. Huge fan of Brassica. Nice. That's a good one. Any hidden gems, it could be food or otherwise, that most people, quote unquote, don't know about, but that you would say is a great spot for food or other? Yeah. So as everyone knows, Cleveland has an amazing brewery scene. My favorite brewery is Goldhorn. It's kind of on the east side, East 55th in St. Clair. And that's probably my favorite spot. It seems to be one that's kind of off the beaten path, even for folks who are really plugged into all the breweries around here. 
And I'll give a big shout out to Bar Italia. Bar Italia, I think, has two locations, one in Lakewood, one over in, I believe it's Beachwood, but their food is delicious. Sure. Both good suggestions. Any TV shows that you guys are watching right now? Yellowstone is by far the best TV show I've ever seen. Still waiting for season five to finish up. But between Yellowstone and The Office, you can't go wrong. You know, we just passed Halloween. There was a good show on Netflix, The Fall of the House of Usher. It could be described as Succession meets The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in for something spooky, that's a good kind of little miniseries that you could watch. <laughs> that's a good suggestion. Now, both of you, I know, did not grow up in Cleveland, but obviously moved here. Your sports fandom, where does that lie? Does it lie in Cleveland or does it lie somewhere else? Yeah, so I grew up outside of Boston, followed my wife here, who's a physician in 2015. So I like to follow and kind of will root for the Cleveland sports teams. But yeah, my loyalties still lie with all the Boston teams. Being from Erie, there's such a disconnect. You're either a Browns fan, you're a Pittsburgh fan or you're a Buffalo fan. But living in Cleveland now, it's so much fun anytime the Cavs, the Guardians, or the Browns are doing well. So I'll root for anyone and everyone Cleveland now. Usually we do favorite Cleveland sports moment, but Sam, to you, since there's probably quite a few that you can cite, what's your favorite just sports moment in general with some of your teams? Then Colby, you can either take that as Cleveland or other favorite sports moment. Yeah, I mean, probably favorite one was just the breaking of the curse for the Red Sox winning World Series in... 2004. It's hard to beat that. <laughs> sure. I feel like Boston fans or New England fans, I should say, have been spoiled over the last, say, 15, 20 years with all the championships. It's kind of ridiculous how many they've won in the last 15, 20 years. Matt, for me, ironically enough, I just enjoy watching sports. But when the Cavs came back from being down three to one and LeBron pinned, you know, that layup attempt, that was just amazing. It's got to be either that or when Ray Allen hit the step back three for the Heat when LeBron won one of his first rings as well. Where were you watching that game with LeBron and the block, Colby? I was at a buddy's house back in Erie, but I can recall just like it was yesterday. It's so vivid. Cool. Well, guys, that's the end of the rapid fire lightning round. Thanks for joining the podcast. We look forward to seeing you at events in the future. And yeah, thanks for joining and thanks for the conversation today. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thanks, Matt. It was fun. You've been listening to Guardians of Finance, brought to you by the CFA Society of Cleveland. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and head on over to guardiansoffinance.com where you can connect or reconnect with the CFA Society of Cleveland, attend an educational or social event, and find volunteer opportunities. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Guardians of Finance.